Jam Session is a podcast where two guys who grew up in Dallas-Fort Worth discuss sports, craft beer, life, and their experiences living in one of America's most vibrant cities. If you love sports, you're going to love this show. If you love craft beer or you're curious about it, you'll love this show. Great conversations with good friends is what Jam Session is all about. Welcome. It's nice to have you here. I hope you enjoy it. I think you will. You're listening to the Jam Session Podcast. I was told that I could listen to the radio at a reasonable volume. With Cowboys insider... What's your name? Jean-Jacques Taylor. That's my name. Radio personality and craft beer expert, Matt McLaren. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. Comes from upbringing. And now, the Jam Session Podcast. It is indeed Jam Session. Subscribe, rate, review, hang out with us for a while. Right here on the Jam Session Podcast. Sponsored as always by Greening Law. A personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle so you have time for healing and renewal. But right now, that moment we've all been awaiting for has arrived. Ladies and gentlemen, the radio, the TV, the podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. What up, Doc? I would be the non-sexy one. It's Matt McLaren. And this, my friends, is Jam Session, the podcast version 258, asking simply that you prepare to be dazzled. If not entertained. Oh, a lot to get into. The longer it goes and the closer we get to the season, the worse it looks for the Dallas Cowboys. We've got a couple of things that we're going to talk about that will probably open up rabbit hole conversations, including, I got to tell you, Jacques does this from time to time where he'll send an idea and just the way you send it, I'm like, I'm just like, I didn't expect to read that today. <laughs> oh, I know. I now know what you're talking about. Oh, yes, you do. Yes, you do. <laughs> so we, we will get into that one. <laughs> and the very latest on Jalen Brunson and the saga with the Mavericks. But before we start any of that, none of this is possible without our great sponsors. And that includes Robert Greening and the Green Team at Greening Law. Talked about this on the last podcast. By the time many of you listen to this, I will be undergoing a procedure on my back. And this is all a part of working with Greening Law literally for the last 11 months, coming up on a year in a couple of weeks since I had my car accident and they've been working with me and helping me find places to go and, and really trying to get to the bottom of, can your back get any better? Like what, what do we need to do? Is there a way to heal you and help you feel renewed? And if not, then what is long-term worst case type scenarios so that we can work all that moving forward? And, and they've taken care of all of that. I mean, literally they call me and say, hey, Matt, here's your options. Which one do you want to go to? I say this one. And then next thing I know, that place is calling me to schedule an appointment. Not me calling them. And Greening Law sets all that up, man. That is the type of work that they do for their clients. Well, I mean, I think Matt can't, can't spell it out any better for you. If you're in some kind of accident and you need some representation, and anybody who's in, been in that kind of accident, whether it's uh, in a car accident or at a business or something like that, Greening Law has got to be the only choice you make, man. Pick up the phone, 972-934-8900, 972-934-8900. Tell them your situation, and if they take you on as a client, Matt can tell you it's your lucky day. It is. They don't get paid unless you get paid. That's exactly right, and as you said, man, I mean, it is an absolutely free consultation. So what are you waiting for? Call them today. If you've been hurt in a car accident, malpractice, if, if you've been injured on the premises of a business, it's Greening Law, 972-934-8900, 972-934-8900. Call them now, offices, Dallas, Texas. Oh, these Dallas Cowboys, it, it they got another, you know what it is, it, their inability to have foresight is stunning. It really is. They Their inability, the foresight of trying to get Dak done earlier, and, and, and I know they tried, but really actually offering him something that would have worked well in advance of when they did. The foresight of looking at might what happened with, with Zeke and the foresight of where things might be going in the wide receiver market. Omari Cooper was traded to the Cleveland Browns in late March in exchange, basically, and I know they swapped picks, but basically, <laughs> they netted a fifth-round pick, okay? Amari yeah. Cooper, who was, who was due in the year of 2022 to bring in $20 million. Well, you can now add another wide receiver in the NFL that has far surpassed that as Terry McLaurin 
the dynamic former Ohio State wide receiver with the Washington Commanders. Let's all remember they're the Commanders now. Dude. Terry McLaurin has signed a three-year, $71 million extension that will keep him in Washington through the 2025 season. That brings his annual average value to $23.3 million. Another guy ahead of Cooper, who now, now that we sit here in late June, just three months after the trade, actually, I think it's three, I think it was, wasn't it March 28th? I think it was exactly three months ago today. Right. Amari Cooper is now the ninth highest paid wide receiver in the NFL. Bro, bro. And Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, Cooper Cup, A.J. Brown, Stephon Diggs have all been done since Amari Cooper got traded. And let me, let me give you a different view on this because the Cowboys have screwed up. To me, they screwed up because they took a strength and, in my opinion, dog, made it a weakness. Because I keep telling y'all, they're literally one C.D. Lamb sprained ankle away from being, oh, my God, what are we going to do at receiver? Yeah. Especially if it happens in training camp and Michael Gallup can't play for the first two or three games. And even when Michael Gallup gets healthy, I'm just saying, based on what we've seen in our entire sports lives, do you expect him to come back his first game or two back and be what he was when he left? The answer should be no. It'll take him some time to work back after missing, you know, as much time as he has. Uh, But – let me ask you this, Doug. Did they really get screwed by this, the failure to sign Randy Gregory? Because I'm sure their thinking was, we're going to get rid of Amari Cooper, but we're going to sign Gregory to this big deal. That's going to take up a lot of the space, and then we'll, you, we'll fit it in you know, um, with other guys that we signed. And when they didn't get Gregory, it's like, oh. I mean, they, they sold us this cockamamie story about, oh, yeah. this allows us to sign two or three yeah. guys instead of Gregory. That's all poppycock because they wanted Gregory. So do you think that had any impact on how we look at this? Maybe it does. I, I mean, I was never, and, and again, I, I just don't see, and I never saw long-term what they saw in Randy Gregory for the money that he was, they were going to pay him. I would right. much rather, if, the, if to me, if the choices were, hey, and they can tell us that they can't sign both when we have seen teams that can go out. You can make it happen, but let's just, we'll take them at face value. We can either have Cooper or we can let him go and we can go all in on Gregory. I still would rather have had Amari Cooper. Like I'd rather them look at it and say, okay, let's keep Cooper and we'll just let Gregory walk. How come? Because of what you were talking about. To me, I don't see Randy Gregory on the level that I see Amari Cooper. I think Amari Cooper now that he is the ninth highest paid. And, and you, if you want to flub it, you can. You can make him the 11th highest paid because he, Chris Godwin, and Mike Williams are all making $20 million. So they're all right. tied for ninth and wide receiver. To me, he's in that realm. Like, he's the ninth or tenth best wide receiver in the NFL. I don't think he's top five. I thought for a while he probably got paid like he was. But based on just a couple of years that he was in Dallas, back-to-back 1,000-plus-yard seasons, Last year, obviously, it, it dropped off a bit. But like we're talking about, when you look at the receiving group that you currently have, I just feel like you're so much better, and this is an offensive league, and you invested a shit ton of money into your quarterback that I would rather you go more all-in on offense than take something from that offense, from the quarterback that you invested in, to try to put it into the defense. I feel you on that. I don't really have any uh, any dispute on that. My, my 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 issue with Randy Gregory is the issue that anybody would have is, you know, and we forget it, man, because of his situation. He's been in the league longer than Dak and Zeke because he was drafted the year before. And we just go, oh, my God, really? Yeah. He's been around that long? And I say that to say we've been ch- – I mean, let's let's keep it real now. We've been chasing Randy Gregory's potential that entire time. Yes, yes. Like, we've been chasing that potential that whole time. And you've never, ever gotten it. I mean, because if to say, oh, yeah, we got it, would be to say six sacks was it. And nobody looks at six sacks as the, as the end-all, be-all. And so you're chasing that, and you never got it. Uh, with Amari Cooper, at least you've seen it and you've gotten it, and you've experienced it. Uh, at a high level, a couple of different. Uh, so for me, that's why I would have been. I mean, I get why you get Gregory. We saw him be a difference maker last year, but still, the bottom line is he ended up with six sacks 
and he played 12 games, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and, and the value, I mean, I just feel like they completely misread the value of what Amari Cooper could be. It, it, like, if you're, if you're dead set on getting rid of him, I cannot believe that the best they could get for Amari Cooper was a fifth-round pick, especially with the value. because And maybe at the time it was, because at the time, again, like you said, the vast majority of these contracts got done after the trade. But that's reality. So when you look at hindsight and you go, my God, look at how many more receivers got paid and really pushed Amari Cooper down. I mean, again, Tyree Kill's making $30 million a year. Devontae Adams making twenty eight a year. Hopkins is basically twenty eight a year. So you start looking at that and you go, well, I mean, Amari Cooper for $20 million a year, that, that seems really freaking good. Seems like it's about right. because and, and the reason we're talking about this is Terry McLaren signed today, three years, $71 million. Right. Uh, you know, which again is is what is that the eighth wide receiver to sign a deal worth more than 20 million since january so what it means is you actually had amar cooper slotted properly uh you couldn't have predicted the dumb contract that jacksonville gave christian kirk which is what started all of this but the fact that you didn't you didn't see just how it it was going to go and how it was going to project and how you're going to turn a, a real strength into like oh my god it's an it's not a weakness, but it's incredible. It's incredible flimsy to me. It has no foundation to it, and it doesn't take much for the wide receivers to go to be a disaster area uh, this year. Yeah, and and that's. I mean, we kind of looked at the depth chart. When you start looking at again, all the players that the Cowboys currently have on the roster at that position, even with Michael Gallup, I mean, it gets scary, man. It gets really scary because it is Michael Gallup who they have even acknowledged is going to miss a couple of games to start the season. And as you just mentioned, nobody knows how any, yes, this is not 1985 or even 1995. Guys can respond now from ACLs and do very, very well. But a lot of the times it takes them a while to get back into it. And it's that yeah. mental part that they have to overcome. We don't know how effective Gallup is going to be. And then you got CeeDee Lamb. Literally everybody else on the roster, you you can not guarantee, really even with a straight face, that they're going to give you much. James Washington, we have no idea what that guy's going to offer. Third-round pick, Jalen Tolbert, we love him. I thought it was a great pick. He's a rookie coming into the NFL, making the jump from South Alabama. I, I, <laughs> I, I'm just saying, you know, Noah Brown's been kind of what Noah Brown is. Simi Fajoko, dude's a fifth-round pick that could barely get on the field last year. Everybody else that's on the roster at this point is a pickup, undrafted, street-free agent that nobody's ever heard of. That's what they're rolling with at wide receiver when you invested all that money into your quarterback. It just makes you scratch your head. Well, yeah, because what it does is you're setting it up, and, and I, you're setting it up for your quarterback to elevate, guys. And I'm just here to tell you, we haven't seen Dak do that on a regular basis. And when I say elevate, I'm talking like Tony Romo took a guy like Laurent Robinson that we never heard of before and we never heard of since. Right. And got him whatever it was, 9, 10, 11 touchdowns one year and got him paid. And then he went back to being Laurent Robinson. Or even the work that he did with a guy like Miles Austin that nobody really ever heard of, he shows up, has two great years, and then he kind of disappears again. Yeah. Um, so – that's not to say Dak can't do that. We just haven't seen him do it. And I just believe until you see a guy do it, he hadn't done it. It also doesn't mean Romo's better than Dak. It just means Dak hasn't done it yet. And there is an element of that that some guys can do and some guys can't. But the list to me, Matt, of guys who can't do it, I'm sorry, of guys who can do it is teeny tiny, bro. I mean, we're talking like, and you tell me, we're talking Aaron Rodgers. Sure. Typically takes a group of anonymous receivers. Yeah. And Tom Brady over his career has taken essentially a group of anonymous receivers. Uh, maybe Drew Brees did some of that too. Yeah, I would put Saints. him in that category. But, but uh, I mean, even Pat Mahomes had Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. You know, Josh oh, yeah, Allen, yeah. what'd they do? They went out and got Stephon Diggs for Josh Allen. Right, right, right. So, I, I, yeah, I, I would say that there's a lot of truth that it's very, very rare. A lot of these guys need that dynamic, real number one wide receiver. And, and look, maybe CeeDee Lamb is that, and he's so freaking good and is about to explode on the scene that we're all sitting here going, well, whatever. They don't need Amari Cooper. This dude has 142 catches and 1,700 yards. Right. But we don't know that. And the lack of real proven depth at the wide receiver position is big, and, and it's big when they are going to be, we both, are, I think, are in agreement on this. The NFC East is going to be tough this year. 
you have said that you think Philadelphia is going to win the division. And I don't know that you can afford to jump out of the gate in the fall. And all of a sudden, when you get to the season opening game and you've got Tampa and Cincinnati the first two games, and they sit here and they go, oh, well, Michael Gallup's probably going to miss the game against the, the last the, a team that won the Super Bowl two years ago and the team that played in the Super Bowl this year. No big deal. So really, against the Bucs and the Bengals, who many people believe will be two of the best teams in the NFL again, you're probably rolling with CeeDee Lamb and guys. Which is scary. <laughs> it is, because you don't want to start 0-2 in the NFL and not having your best, you're not having your second best wide receiver at full strength. And then from there, immediately, again, because you don't know what Gallup's going to be able to give you, what if he can't get back for the first couple of weeks? What if he has to miss longer than that? Well, right after that, you play two consecutive NFC East games against the Giants in Washington. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and some people say, oh, you playing that whole, uh, that whole um, the sky is falling thing. But, but that's not it. It's just a reality. It's yes. a violent game, and these things happen. Yeah, man. I mean, I think that that is the realistic viewpoint of this. And again, because all we said is, we don't know what James Washington can be. All we know is what he did in Pittsburgh, which wasn't a lot. For all we know, he had to get out of Pittsburgh, and he's going to blossom. Maybe Tolbert is that dude who you picked up in the third round, like Michael Gallup, who comes onto the scene and just lights it up. But if you again, a lot of the times in the NFL, and we've done this in seasons past. We did this when we were on the radio. When you go into camp and you've got 10 ifs, and if they're big ifs, some of them are not going to turn out positively. No, no, not at all. That's why you want to reduce the number of ifs right. that you have. Exactly. Uh, it's much better to have two or three, and then you know you live the results. But if you got 10 and five of them come up bad, you still got five yep. big old problems to solve during the season. And uh, you just hope that's not the case. So, you know, um, hopefully Dak can elevate, man. But I'm telling you, they misplayed this Amari Cooper thing, and we just see more of it every single solitary week. Like, I don't know that we've really – well, maybe – let me ask. Did we get to the very bottom of why they just decided this was it? I guess it was they weren't getting number one use out of a guy making number one money. That's kind of what it feels like. And that side of the argument, I can kind of understand that. But again, when you look at it and you look at what he did in his Cowboys career, and we've done the numbers and you run them where he is, I mean, he's somewhere probably between 10th and 15th. And now his pay is kind of reflective of, of really what his production level had been as a Cowboy. Well, Doug, ain't that what we say all the time? Like, look at Dak. Okay, he's going to be the highest paid quarterback for a minute. And, you know, within a couple of years, he'll probably settle in at number eight or nine, which is what? Where he's supposed to be. Yeah. And, and you look at it now. I mean, Derek Carr makes more money now than Dak Prescott does. <laughs> is everybody pissed off that the Raiders are paying Derek Carr $40.5 million a year? Nah, bro. I, I mean, that's just reality of what it is. And, and so, I don't know, man. When you look at this. It, it, it just, there's so many different angles in that thing with Damari Cooper. It, it's a frustrating bit. And, and the reason that they publicly give is what really just pisses you off. Well, you can't afford everybody. Well, you can. Stop saying that. <laughs> true Be, that because true we that. know you can because the Los Angeles Rams are literally showing us that if you want these guys, you can do it this way. You just disagree with that philosophy, which is fine. And that's fine. I was going to say, it's fine if, if, you, if you're winning, but you're not, uh, or you're not winning at the championship level, which is what this, this, this city and this franchise uh, kind of demands and requires. So we'll see. I mean, the hope now, I mean, you really got to hope that either Washington or Tolbert is somebody that, w that we just don't know, or that Gallup can get back and do those things that Michael Gallup can do when he's healthy and when he gets an opportunity to show what he can do. Because I do like the Michael Gallup deal. I will say that. I thought they got a solid deal with the Michael Gallup deal because the level of receiver that he's at, to me, is pretty much right on his $11.5 million a year. Right, right. I mean, I, I have zero problem with that. No, because that's where it's supposed to be. I mean, that's how much he should be making. And they pegged the Mark Cooper's contract right. Yes, they did. They just were like, wow, we can't have it all. <laughs> We'd rather be no. mediocre and take away from the quarterback that we invested all this money in. Right. Uh, dude, it's, it ain't that complicated, bro. It just ain't that complicated. But you got to go out and perform. You got to go out and do it. And that's the bottom line.
So as we move forward here and we get into some of these very interesting conversations, perhaps, let's tell you, as we always do, about Bruce Biltong. If you haven't had Bruce Biltong, I, I don't know why. I don't know how else I can tell you that you need to order it. It's such a healthy snack. Zero sugar, zero artificial ingredients, super high in protein. And when you order it, if you're a Jam Session listener, you get 15% off anytime you order it. No matter if you're ordering the sliced or you're ordering the, the one that comes in the vacuum sealed bag that you can cut up yourself. There's so many different types of Bruce Biltong to order. 15% off every time with the promo code JAM15 at bruisebiltong.com. Go, just order it. Try it. You're going to like it. Dude, you have to because if you like, if you like beef jerky, then you'll love Biltong because they're similar. They're cousins, but they're not the same thing by any stretch because Biltong, I'm telling you, you, you have to taste it to believe it. It's succulent. It's like tender. It's, it's remarkable. It's like anything, unlike anything you've ever had. Trust me on that. Um, I like it, obviously, because it tastes good, because I'm a former fat guy. And two, I like it, because I like to work out these days. It's got 30 grams of protein in a two-and-a-half-ounce pouch. You can't really beat that, man. It's you, a great afternoon snack. It, it's a great meal. It is. Biltong is badass. Eat it. It's at bruisebiltong.com. B-R-U-S-B-I-L-T-O-N-G. Bruce Biltong, you'll love it. Also, Freeway Tire Shop, as we remind you every time, because at some point, and we all do this, like you'll forget, oh crap, I got to get an oil change, or yep, I got to get an inspection, and then you got to go through that whole process. It's not necessarily because you need major mechanical work. Maybe you do, but regardless of whether it's something routine and that you do every three months or something a little bit bigger, JR and his guys, to a man throughout that crew, will get you taken care of at Freeway Tire Shop. Dude, I mean, it's uh, it's what they do. Uh, y'all know I don't fix cars. I've told you. I ain't, there's no shame in my game. Uh, so I've always tried to find a mechanic that I could trust. And JR is the latest in a long line. And we've been rocking with him for a couple years now. But it's because of this, man. You can trust him to just diagnose what's wrong with my car, man. That's a hard thing for some folks to do. And then what I like about him is he uses quality parts to fix whatever's wrong. So that the thing don't keep popping up because the part's raggedy. And then I like him because he charges a fair price. He got to get paid. He got three kids now, I think. He got to put, put them kids through school. But a fair price is cool, man. Don't nobody want nothing for free. Fair price is great. And then I trust him because he stands behind his work. He's fantastic. I got a number of love for JR. Anything need done to a car, swing through freeway tire. Let JR help you. He's helped everybody in my family, man, and most of my friends. Man, I almost feel like we could we could develop like a little jingle for him. Anytime you need something done to a car, swing on by and ask for JR. See, I like that. Bro. Not bad at all at Freeway Tire Shop. But see, then we got to get the, the whole thing with his shop in there. So it'd be, all right, so let's try this. Maybe it's anytime you need something done to your car, head on over to Freeway, ask for JR. If you're driving down the road and you hear a tire pop, you pull on in to Freeway Tire Shop. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> I, li I like that Vegas, that Vegas feel to Thanks. it, man. I'm rocking with that. <laughs> uh, so there it is, FreewayTireShop.com. I just pulled that out of my ass. I hope everybody enjoyed yeah, it. <laughs> All right. So Jacques texts me right before we, we you know, we, we'll text like stories and whatnot to each other and, and throughout trying to figure out what we want to discuss. And you send me this text, and this is all it says. <laughs> Don't say it like that, bro. I know I can't, but it's just, I was not expecting to read this. Literally, all the text says is this. This is it. How many dead people in your phone? <laughs> and I was like, okay. And, and then, I, but then I thought, it, I started thinking about it, and I was like, you know what? I bet most of us have somebody who has passed and yeah, we still man. have their phone number in our phone. Dude, I was checking, man. I got like seven or eight, bro. Man, really? I was, just, I was like, what the hell? Now, you got to understand, I'm a little older. Well, yeah, that's sexy, fair. At a very sexy 55, which means I'm at that point in life. And uh, if you live long enough, we're all going through there where... If your grandparents haven't died, then they're in that in they're in the overtime of life, as I like to say, for the most part. Uh, you know, parents are there. And how about this? We don't think about it all the time, although this just happened to Matt. 
aunts and uncles yes. who are, you know, 10, 20 years older than you. Yeah. 10 to 20 years old. Well, that puts them at what? 65 to 75, which is kind of like the fourth quarter of life. Uh, and then because I am 55 now, I've got friends who, you know, had either illness or early demise, you know, whatever, because, you know, once you're in the 50s, you're in the second half of life. And so I was just looking through my phone and somebody's I was doing a search for somebody's number. And, and one of my friends who had died within the last five years, good friend of mine, Chris yeah. Smith, popped up and I was just like, damn. And then I saw something with Richard Durrett the other day. Oh, man. And was, OK. And I was like, damn. And then I just started going through. I go, what is wrong with me? But then there's something that seems bad about deleting a number, bro. Yeah, like, see, I, can, I can't bring myself <laughs> to do it either. Okay, so, so it's not just me. It's not but just I'm like, you, no. I'm like, man, I know they're not here, but I'm like, ah, I don't want to delete it. Dude, it, it's kind of funny because I don't ever go through my contacts. You know, I have people that I, I stay in touch with, and we have people that you regularly text or whatever, but... Like when right, you start right. scrolling through your contacts, like some of the numbers Bro. and stuff that I have in there, I'm like, what? Like somehow, <laughs> I, like I don't even know. And I, I imagine it's just from doing radio and whatnot. I have Archie Manning's number. Does it like, work? I, I mean, I'm sure it does. I don't know that I've ever texted him. I must have at some point. I don't know. <laughs> but I mean, we all have, like, I'm sure you have a lot of names like that in your, in your phone, you know, where it'd be one of those people that like a ton of people know that you might have talked to at one point and you got their number for whatever reason. Right, but, right, Yeah, right. I mean, scrolling through, I and mean, there are people on my phone that I probably have not talked to in 10 years. Oh, there's definitely people in my in mind like that, but problem for, the problem for you if you're a journalist is you never know when you might need that number. Yeah. Like, you really might not need it for 10 years, and then you might wish you had it. And yep. so in today's world where if you've got a phone, there's no need to... There's no need to delete it because it's, you know, it's just kind of there in case of emergency. Yeah. A lot of those like former athletes and people around whatever, I just leave my phone because of that. And then like, I have a lot of brewery friends that I know. And so they're all in my phone and then next to their name is their brewery. <laughs> no, well, see, I was going to say, everybody's got, I was going to, I was literally going to ask you, how do you have people's names in your phone? Well, a lot of them, it's just their, it's just their name. But then like, if it's somebody that in this, see, this will happen. Like now, a lot of these people, especially maybe some reporters and people like with breweries and stuff, when I first meet them, I don't know them very well at all. So right. to make sure I remember who they're with, I put literally next to their name, I put what their company is. Like, I know there's a line in your iPhone where you can put their company. I put it as a, like, I like to enter people on my phone I put their name and whatever I want to put next to their name under first name so that if they ever text me, it all pops up at the same time. Right. Because I want to see all that. You know, and then, like, there's some people who I don't know their last names, so I just have, like, for instance, here's an example of this. So I knew this dude who was the manager at Truck Yard in, in Dallas, the, the bar Truck Yard off of Lower Greenville. He's in my phone as James Truck Yard because I, I have no right. idea what his last name is. No, I just sent you how I do mine, which is pretty basic and pretty similar. Uh, <laughs> That's awesome. Why are you laughing, Matt? Oh, my God. I mean, do you know who, like, who, which one is which? Well, yeah, it's, it's actually the same person because they called from uh, a couple different numbers. <laughs> oh, I know who it is now. <laughs> that's hilarious i was not expecting that matt's laughing because oh. in my phone i have asshole asshole two and asshole three <laughs> i mean it literally says that that's exactly how you have it in there oh my god got, that's awesome uh, it's also got at&t mike and at&t mike is a guy who had to now see he's probably somebody i haven't talked to in 10 years but there was probably five years between I called him, man. And when I called him, he picked up. And I said, is this AT&T Mike? He's like, yeah. yeah. And it was somebody who had been putting in AT&T wireless in my house, like, shortly after I moved. I'm talking, like, 2007, 2008, he was doing something. And I probably didn't call him back to, like, 2012, 2013. And, like, I probably haven't called him since then. God, crazy, man. I mean, that is like, crazy. I don't know who Coach Atkins is. Like, I really have no idea. Yeah, I mean, there's a few like. So I should have put a school by him. 
And then I got a couple Austin DeSotos because they are my son's uh, friend, uh, teammate. And so I like to uh, I like to keep in touch with their parents sometimes, you know, because kids lie. And so you like to check the stories to make sure everybody yeah. parents got the same got the same story. Or sometimes I like to call the kid themselves uh, if I if I get to know him pretty well, um, just to you know check in with him every now and then. The best is like scrolling through and see guys who all I have in their uh, like in my phone for them is like a nickname. Like I have a guy named Moose and it just says, Mo- but it's not Daryl Johnston. But who is, do you know who Moose is? Yeah. Yeah. I know who he is. He is a dude that's brewed around at a bunch of breweries in Dallas. And then there's another guy in here named mad Mike. <laughs> and I know who that is. You know, I mean, I know these guys. It's just funny to see when all that's in there is their random ass nickname okay. that I have for them. Check this out. Oh, is there anybody in here? Who you don't, who you're like, I have no idea who this person is. Yeah, there's a couple. Like, scrolling through, there's definitely a couple where I'm like, who is this person? <laughs> and I am not sure. Like, I am I think a couple of them, I think I know, like, I only have one person named Sarah that does not have a last name in my phone. And I believe, let me, I can click on her without calling. Let me look this up. I think this is who this is. And if this is who it is. I haven't talked to this person in I don't even know how long. Let me see. Yep, that's who I thought it was. <laughs> All right. So that is the, I mean, this is way back in 2005 when I was living in Florida. I had a morning show co-host, and her, and that's who that is. <laughs> and I have not talked to her probably since I left Florida in 2006. Wow. So, like, why do I still have, that's, I mean, that's crazy, man. No, that's how that's how people are with their phones. It's uh, oh, I just I just came across. I'm scrolling through my phone. And I just came across another person who's gone, uh, gone from our from our from our world. Yeah, I know for <laughs> sure that there's three people on my phone that have passed, and I still have their numbers. One of them is my my aunt who who passed away earlier this year. The other two are. One of them is a dude named Jake Hayes, who is, was my age, and he got pancreatic cancer. And wow. he passed away a couple of years ago. And then the other one is a guy that I knew when I lived in Birmingham previously. And he was a bartender at a brewery here. His name was Corey. And he passed away probably, man, this is probably eight years ago, nine years ago. Is that right? Yeah, and I still have his number. For a long time... I had the last text that he ever sent me because I couldn't bring myself to delete his text. Now I get it, bro. It's wild, man. And I don't know why that was. Like, we weren't great friends. Like, we hung out a couple of times, you know, and I would go up there and stuff and and, and just kind of hang out, you know, when he was working and all that. But, I mean, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's it's kind of, it's it's an interesting thing. No, but uh, it's, you know, his phones are crazy these days. But, yeah, I was just thinking about that as I was scrolling through. And I, I wasn't sure how I should feel. <laughs> yeah, man. And, and it's like about any of it. Some of the random ass people that are in my phone, like I have Ryan Leaf's number, the former quarterback, Ryan Leaf. Right. And I'm like, what? have I ever talked to him? I mean, I must have had him as a guest at some point. I was gonna say he made he's made a he's been on the on basically different types of car washes a few times. So you may have come across him like that. Yeah, it, like I have Mike Leach's phone number, the the Mississippi State head coach. Okay. And I've texted him a couple of times. He only ever responded once, and that was years ago, and he came on the show. But he's, like, notorious for you. Just text him and tell him, hey, would you be available on Wednesday at 2.30? And He may just be like, yeah. Yeah, he might be like, yep, what's the number to call in? Or he may never respond. Like, it's crazy. All right, see, this is good. So is Mike Leach and Ryan Leaf, those are two of the most random numbers you have in there. Yeah, I would say that, and then like Archie Manning, you know. And I was trying to see. No, Archie, Man- Archie Manning's a good random number. Yeah, have. I mean, like a like a really well known person, but also very random that I have his number. Right. See, I'm looking through my phone to see who, and this is not like, oh, haha, look at mine. I'm just laughing. I'm just laughing trying to figure out who I have in here. Like uh, somebody, because like a lot, like Dion. Obviously, you have his number. You talk to him all the time. Like even Emmett, you probably talk to. You know, I'm like, you talk to a lot of those former Cowboys, but there's got to be somebody who's like that, whose number you have that you're like, I mean, I guess I talked to him somewhere along the way. Yeah, I was I was looking through it because I thought I just passed one of those type of people. Uh, 
Let me see. Like I've got, I've got Brent Musburger. (laughs) I mean, why? I don't even. You are, you are whipping my ass. Oh, whatever. I mean, you could, you could go down the Rolodex with the the names you've got. Now here's a somewhat of a random number. Detroit Pistons coach Dwayne Casey. Okay, but he used to be with the Mavs. Right, he used to be with the Mavs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that makes sense. Uh, Oh, here's one. How about this? Sports Illustrated cover writer. It says Jean-Jacques Taylor. See, now you fully see. (laughs) (laughs) No, I have you on my phone as JJT. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah, it is. If I come through anymore, I will uh, shout them out. Yeah, it's kind of wild, man. Like, just scrolling through and seeing. Like, I have a ton of random-ass reporters from a variety of different publications and whatnot. Oh, now that makes sense. Like a gazillion of those guys. Who the hell is Bao Dung? What? <laughs> Bao Dung? B-A-O, Bao, I think. Oh, I thought you were saying Bao, like. No. Oh, and Dung, awesome. D-U-O-N-G. Interesting. I, I have, have no, no idea. idea. Like, I li- like, I don't even have a guess of who that is. Bao Dung. Yeah, not even a guess. Okay, okay, my guess is because you've covered some Olympics that he's some dude, like a foreign reporter that you ran into somewhere in your Olympics coverage. Could be. That's that's just my guess. I have no idea. Baldung. Dude, you can't make this up. And I, and I literally have no idea who it. Oh, yeah, see, I just moved on to f- number five and six who have died. Oh, man, jeez. So apparently, Bao Dung is Vietnamese and when used as an adjective means magnanimous. Uh, perhaps. Okay. All right. So there you go. I, I don't know what to tell you on that one, man. No, I don't either. All right. I guess we spend enough time in this topic. I mean, sounds good to me. <laughs> I thought that was kind of awesome. Awesome. All right. So there's that. And so the other thing that we have, because... I think this happens to a lot of people. I know it happens. Maybe it happens more to men. And I don't understand it because I don't have this. But I know. Oh, I know. What does some, your lady friend think about that? Well, it's doctor anxiety. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I thought you meant that other thing. No, 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 no. No, I, ever since Blue Chew. I mean, you don't have to worry about any of that. But doctor anxiety. And you and I were talking about this because. You have something coming up, and then I've got my procedure on my back on Wednesday that I'll be doing. And they called to confirm the appointment today, and they were talking to me, you know, make sure you do this and this. And they said, you know, plan, make sure you have somebody that that drives you because you can't drive afterwards, and you'll be right. here for a couple hours. And I was like, a couple hours? I was like, are you guys putting me to sleep? <laughs> and, and they said, well, I mean, you know, you'll get some light sedation. And I said, well, do I have to be sedated? And like, well, I, you don't have to be sedated, but you'll have to talk about that when you get here. I was like, yeah, I mean, just numb the thing and stick it in and we're good, man. You know, and so <laughs> we'll see how it goes. But I'm one of those people like, I don't know why. And maybe I'm way too trusting of the medical professionals, but right. I, I don't really ever get. Now, I will get nervous if it's something that they like if you can tell me in some for whatever reason I don't know why some nurses and some doctors it's like they don't want to just tell you straight up yeah this is going to hurt like shit they want to be like well you know it it may be uncomfortable I'm like no 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 no. like explain to me the pain that I need to mentally prepare myself for and then I'll be fine but like if I don't know and they're like hey we got to stick this thing up your dong and I'm like okay well well I'm just saying I mean, right. whatever the procedure may be, they, you know, I, like as, if if people just tell me ahead of time, this is what we do, this is how it happens, and then I say, okay, well, how much, is, like, is it going to hurt? Is there a lot of pain? And if they say, yeah, it can be very uncomfortable, I say, okay, because then I can I can mentally prepare myself that it's supposed to feel like that. It's This is supposed to hurt to that level. You're fine. Versus, my God, this hurts really bad. Is something wrong? They said it was just uncomfortable, that type of thing. Yeah, no, I, I get it, man. I think uh, for me, I mean, you know, everybody's got got their different level of pain tolerance. Um, and so even if they told you, 
I mean, I think what you're saying, or I don't know, it seems like you should always like this is really hurt, and then if it doesn't, you're like, oh, okay, I thought it was terrible. <laughs> Maybe it so. Maybe to which me is that far hurt. better than oh, it's not gonna hurt very much. And you're like, oh my god, what are you talking about? Yeah. Uh, but I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty matter of fact when I go to the doctor. Matter of fact, okay, let's, let's let me just have some truth right here. Uh, I gotta go get this thing done. It's not a big deal, uh, but. I was going in to talk to the doc beforehand and the nurse and she was a nurse. She's like, and she's walking me back to the examining room. She's like, Hey, are you having any anxiety? Are you uncomfortable? In it? And I was like, you're getting on my fucking nerves with these questions, but I understand it's just me, you know? So I was like, no, I'm good. I'm just, you know, I'm really just chilling. And my whole point is I don't really get worked up at the doctor's office uh, for whatever reason. Maybe I'm too low key. Maybe I should be more. Uh, I have more anxiety, but I, I, I really have almost none. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, like, I, I never have like any. shots. Shots don't bother me. Don't bother me either. Drawing blood doesn't bother me. Yeah. It's like, hey, here's a good vein. Let's prick it, stick it and let's go. <laughs> Pretty much, so, man. Uh, even when I had a colonoscopy uh, last year. You know, uh, I I really didn't have anything about that. I was just like, so what's the deal? He's like, hey, you go to sleep. We put this thing in. You wake up. It's all good. And that's literally what happened, bro. And I, But I didn't feel anything beforehand. So I feel fortunate that because I got some friends, like for real, man, who got real anxiety. And, uh, you know, as a people, and I rarely go on this route, but as a people, you know, black men really don't go to the doctor all that much. And it's a uh, it's a damn shame because the doctor is designed to help you and be preventative. Yeah. And, and that's, I think, for me, like a lot of the and, and again, I'm not somebody I don't go to the doctor often. I mean, generally speaking, you know, with this back thing, I've been probably more in the last year than I have in a long time. But outside of that, it's basically my annual physical. I don't get ill a lot. I take pretty good care of myself, so I don't have a lot of complications. I mean, because of my blood thing, I have to go get blood drawn, you know, probably every couple of months or whatever it is. But but none of that bothers me. Like a lot of the times if I'm going to the doctor, I, I view it like I get excited for my annual physical because I want to see have I improved over the course of the year? Have I have I done some things to improve my health? Are there things that I'm I'm not aware of that they can catch with the testing and the blood stuff that they do that I need to know about? So I embrace that and it doesn't really ever bother me. It can be a little nerve wracking when you're going to go in for surgery. Uh, but at the same time, like to me, I get excited. Like when I had my knee surgery, cause I knew it was going to get fixed and I'd feel so much better after that. Right. When I had surgery on my face, when I broke my nose in college really bad, that was weird because I was in the hospital overnight and there were, it bled more than they thought. And it it took them longer than they thought. And so, but I didn't know that going in, but still I knew I was having surgery on my face. And so, you know, you get a little bit of that kind of anxiety. And anytime you got to sign something, like, I understand that this could result in, in death and all that. And you're like, what? Why? And, hey, you sure? You know. <laughs> right. So, you know, I, I get that. I, I can understand, like, at, at, when you get into, like, the, hey, this is a major surgery and you're going to be asleep for two, three hours and we're going to be working on you. That, you know, you, you trade not to get in your head, but it can be difficult in those situations. Yeah, no, I, I get it. I think um, I typically just fall back on, um, and this, see, this is interesting, what I'm about to say as it relates to you. I usually just fall back on the, um, you know, trust that there's professional doing what they do as I, do, as I am what I am, which is why, for me, I don't have anxiety getting on a plane because I trust that the pilot is, yeah. you know. You know, it's as good as his job as I am in mine or, you know. Is you hope so. Pile. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. that's why that's why I tend not to worry and get caught up in these things. Um, you know, now that's getting on a plane. Now, you know, if there's a bunch of turbulence or something on a plane, that might be different. Uh, but in general, I trust people to do what they're supposed to do, which is which could be a positive or a negative because I trust people to do what they're supposed to do. And uh, some people don't do that. Yeah, that's that's very, very true, man. But for the most part, like the doctors doesn't bother me at all. It really it really does not. I and I know a lot of people can get nervous, especially like dentists. A lot of people get nervous going to the dentist. And like I was excited to go when we went a couple of weeks ago. And granted, yes, the dentist that I'm currently using is my lady friend's dad. And, and so I have a personal relationship. I know him fairly well, you know, been around him many, many, many times. 
But at the same time, like even before that, like I just always enjoyed the idea that I have a problem and I'm going here and you're either going to make it better or with my teeth, you're going to clean it up and help me out. And it's going to be great. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I'm trying to, you know, I used to, um, I used to, I used to go to the doctor, but I used to avoid it or, but that's really because I was a fat dude at the time and I didn't feel like getting scolded by the doctor. And so I just kind of not go. Uh, but a lot of guys don't go because, you know, I'm fine. I was, you know, whatever's wrong with me, I suffered through it. But, you know, man, in terms of, uh, especially with black men, in terms of dealing with stress and high blood pressure and all that stuff, yeah, you don't have to be overweight to have high blood pressure. Yep. I mean, it can be hereditary. And um, because my doctor was telling me that he had high blood pressure and he was like six feet, 180 pounds in good shape. Yeah. And he's, and he's like, it doesn't, you, it, you're obviously being overweight and, Cholesterol and all that stuff can drive it high, but if it's hereditary, you can just have it anyway. Uh, but the point being, at a certain point, I started going to the doctor because I just felt better about not getting surprised by anything. You hear about so many people, stage four this, or you yep. know, if we caught yep. this two years earlier, yep. we could have really had a bunch of treatment options, and now we don't. We just got to pray. And, you know, and then my dad, man, he's the opposite. Check this out, bro. My dad goes and gets a physical every six months, but he gets them from two different doctors. Interesting. Like he goes to one doc, you know, he gets a physical from Dr. McLaren sure. every year, and he gets a physical from Dr. Taylor every year. And he does that so that they can each be, in his mind, I got two independent people looking at my body, and if one doesn't catch something for whatever reason, then hopefully the other one will, or they'll both give me the same clean bill of health and I'm cool. Yeah. And uh shit, man. He does that with you those guys. You know, 6 months apart, so he's and so he ends up going to each of them once a year, but he goes to the doctor every 6 months. Yeah, man. I mean, I I can totally understand like going about it that way to get a variety of different opinions. I mean, we all have ways. See, I've gotten especially as I've gotten older, like I will never miss my annual physical. Like like I right. I want to go cuz like I like we were just talking about you know, I, I have had a friend, we were just talking about this. I had a friend who was the same age as me who got pancreatic cancer. You know, now pancreatic cancer is different than a lot of other cancers. I mean, that is, that's tough. You know, yeah. but point being, you know, like prostate cancer and a variety of different things that you can be healthiest and work out and be in great shape. And for whatever reason, stuff like that, you know, that's why we have things in place that are designed to catch it ahead of time. Or yeah. catch it at an early stage. That's why you go for these physicals. That's how come, like, when I had my hernia, you know, it's, it's probably not that big of a deal. But I was like, hey, what, what do I need to do about this? How, like, give me what, all this stuff so I have information so that I can um, kind of understand, okay, how do I need to monitor this as I move forward? And, then, and to me, that's why you at least got to go once a year and get that annual physical. No, I'm, uh, I'm down for it. And uh, I've got to go get one and some other stuff this week. <laughs> yeah, make it happen, man. I mean, it's... You know, all those things as you get older, whether it's the prostate exams or the colonoscopies, and I don't know, none of it has ever really bothered me for whatever reason. It just, I mean, quite honestly, if medical care in this country was free, like it is in other countries. all the damn time. Yeah, I mean, I, I would probably have more surgeries to get some other stuff fixed. And I get nah. it's not technically free, that you got to pay it through taxes, and there's all this. You don't need to tweet at me or some crap. I'm just saying, if it was easier in this country then there are some other things that I would probably take on. But at this point, it's like, okay, well, what's your pain level? And what's worst case scenario? Eh, you're probably okay right now if you can just ignore it. But when you get older, you're probably going to need to address it. Okay. So right now, because I'm so active, I don't want to mess with it. True. Stuff like that, where if True. it was readily available and didn't cost a gazillion dollars, and then maybe who knows. But that's an interesting conversation. Dr. Anxiety. It's going to be okay, people. It's all right. Go get checked up. I will see, you know, go in for your annual physicals. I call an HFX Foundation Solutions in a, in a sense because, you know, your house, much like when you go in, this is why you always call it like a colonoscopy for your house. It is. It's like an annual physical where you start noticing cracks and sticking doors and, and sloped floors, soil washout, where your home is telling you, hey, there might be a problem here. And that's why you need HFX Foundation Solutions to come in. It's a free, no obligation inspection. Let them inspect it for you. And the idea is you want to catch it early because when it comes to your foundation in Texas, the longer you wait and the worse it gets, you are literally costing yourself 
thousands of dollars in the future because you eventually you will have to get it fixed dude i think the the most important thing is just keep an eye out of it just like we're talking about going to the doctor just keep an eye out on the foundation the best way to do that is to have aaron and his team come by and give your house its version of a colonoscopy check it for this and check it for that and make sure everything's good man and if it's not just like we're talking about chances are you find something early and you can get it done then man fraction of the cost Give Aaron and his team a call. Let them check out your house. Uh, You can thank us later. It's easy to do. I mean, they can handle all your foundation needs. They can handle your drainage issues, your gutter installations. They do it all. And again, it's a free, no obligation inspection. 817-770-0174. A full service foundation repair company. They service all of DFW. If you are in the DFW area, no matter where you are, they'll come to you. 817-770-0174 online at hfxfoundation.com. Also, of course, Smokey John's barbecue doesn't get any better than that, man. It just doesn't. If you're looking for some damn good barbecue made with loving care from some really good people, local family-owned place, it's Smokey John's barbecue, home of the jam session bowl that I know so many of you have had. And as we approach the July 4th holiday, man, if you're going to have some family coming in town or, you, or you're going to be out and about, swing by Smoky John's. Be patriotic and eat some American-made delicious barbecue. Bro, Smoky John's is the truth. And I'm not just saying that because Brent and Juan are friends of ours. But Smoky John's is the truth, man. The Jam Session Bowl, you can only find it on the secret menu. Sensational. I mean, absolutely sensational. Start off with mac and cheese or mashed potatoes as a base. Then, and your choice of five smoked meats. Typically, typically, I go for the ribs and the brisket. Then they drizzle it, man, with all kind of uh, sour cream and chives and all this other stuff you find on baked potato. It's fantastic. Go get it. Go buy Smokey John's. You can never go wrong. You can have that and impress people, or you can just order off the menu like everybody else. Either way, you're going to be happy at the end. It's true. It's Smokey John's Barbecue. It's right off of Mockingbird there, just north of downtown Dallas. And don't forget, if you want to try their barbecue sauce, you want to try their rub, I know many of you listen. We got a bunch of people that listen in California. We really do. California and Oklahoma behind Texas are our two next highest states for listeners. So you people in California, you probably, unless you're from Dallas, you've never experienced actual real barbecue. Trust me. Yeah, trust us. So go to SmokeyJohns.com, click on Smokey's Market, order yourself a bottle of actual really good Texas-made barbecue sauce or the rub, and then go to your local Californian store and get some chicken or some steak or whatever and use that on there, and you be like, my God, this sauce is good. Do yourself a favor, all right? Because they'll ship it wherever you happen to be. Smokey John's. So we had a Jalen Brunson conversation on our last podcast And it is really starting to heat up because the start of free agency is officially coming up on Thursday at 5 o'clock. That is the opening of free agency. You can imagine that coming up on Thursday at 5 o'clock, there will be a New York Knicks contingent at the doorstep of Jalen Brunson. They may have to fight through a Dallas Mavs contingent, But those are the teams that are trying to make this thing happen. And it's interesting because Jeff Skinwade, and and many of you probably know him, he's done the Ben and Skin show for many, many years. And Skin is involved, and he has been involved with the Mavericks for, I don't know, man, it seems like ever since, I mean, 20 years or whatever. seems like he's been wrapped in with the Mavs for a long time. He's on their television broadcast. He's tied in. He knows a lot of these guys really well. Well, I thought this was really interesting because apparently today – on their show, which is in the Dallas area on 97.1 The Eagle now, Skin said on air, I think there's a 99% chance that Jalen Brunson ends up with the Knicks. And that's coming from, like, like when he said, he's not just blowing smoke or being like, oh, I think he talks to people and he knows these guys. And for him to say a 99% chance, I thought like when, when I saw that coming from him, I was like, wow, that's interesting. Now he also said on Twitter 25 minutes ago, I was also 99% sure we were getting Kimba too. He's talking about Kimba Walker. Right. And they were until the Celtics made a move at the last minute and uh, swiped him from right up under them. And so maybe this same type of thing can happen again. Um, but of course, and you know, we talked about it in the other way, like I just, me, 
I wouldn't choose the Knicks over the Mavs because I got Luka here. I'm trying to win. The bag is going to be the bag. There's nothing at $35 million a year that you can't buy making $25 million a year. But and I will say this, and uh, we probably didn't. I think you mentioned it, Matt. I think I glossed over it. There is something to be said for if you would like a chance to be the man. Uh, and I'm saying that because I just look at myself, okay? No, I, I'm, I'm not a really good basketball player, although I used to be able to hit the – I used to have a nice turnaround jumper back mm-hmm. in the day from just inside the block, about 10 feet out, Matt. Oh, look shake at you. right, turn around left. I was pretty good on that one. Okay. What happened was I always had to share the beat in uh, Dallas. You shared with Todd Archer or you shared with Chip Brown or you shared with Bart Hubbard or you shared with – you know, Bill Nichols or any number of people you shared a beat with. Um, and I was like, at a certain point, I was like, uh, you know what? Uh, I'm ready to be a columnist, and I want to go somewhere where I can be the man. I mean, Tim Kyleshaw is cool. Kevin Sherrington is great. And everybody else, but I, I, I want to be the man. I want to be the guy. I want to be the Randy Galloway, for those of you old enough to know Galloway. And I can't do that in Dallas, so maybe I need to go to Minnesota or Minneapolis or maybe I need to go to Nashville. And those were some opportunities I had at the time because I wanted to be the guy. And ultimately, bro, ultimately, I left the morning news to go to ESPN as a columnist. Why? They offered me a chance to be the guy. And and once they offered the chance to be the guy, it didn't matter how much money the mar- I mean the, the morning news tried to offer me because what what's the one thing they couldn't offer me? Being the guy. Yeah. So maybe ultimately Luke is great, but I want a chance to be Clyde Frazier. I want a chance to be the guy running the point in Madison Square Garden, you know, helping us do things that nobody like Jacques Taylor thinks we can do. Yeah, and the bad news keeps coming, man, because Mark Stein about half an hour ago, said there is a growing resignation in Dallas, sources say, that the Knicks are indeed Brunson's top choice and his inevitable decision, followed up by our buddy Tim McMahon of ESPN, who tweeted out 20 minutes ago, at this point, it's widely anticipated that Jalen Brunson will go to the Knicks on a four-year deal in excess of $100 million. It remains to be seen how New York will clear the rest of the necessary cap space and whether the Mavs can work a sign-and-trade to recoup assets. So now that you have Skin Wade saying this, you've got Mark Stein and Tim McMahon, two of the very best NBA reporters, especially McMahon and Stein, who are both Dallas-based guys who are very tied into the Mavs, with both of them throwing out there that Brunson's going to the Knicks. I I, got to think that Jalen Brunson is going to bolt, and he is out of Dallas and we'll wallow away, and we'll forget who he was <laughs> playing for a bottom-five team in the Eastern Conference. <laughs> Unless he turns them around. Now, you have to have the fair conversation. Because uh, if, if he's gone, uh, no, it definitely sucks if he's gone, because you'd rather have the player. Uh, but we wrestled with this, or at least I wrestled with it at a certain point. Like, and I'm being, this is not shade. This is a legit question. How good is Jalen Brunson? I don't know. And, and, every, and I, I don't know. Everything is based on what we think he is on a championship team. Right. And that was the only question about how much to pay him. Because I, I was like, pay the dude, whatever, man. He's, he's outstanding. I love his game. I love that short getting the, getting the, getting the lane and do your thing game that he's got. Uh, he mixes it up. I just like the way he plays it, man. Um, but is he dynamic enough to be a true number two guy? And what is he on a championship team? Is he a, your third best player? Is he your second best player? Is he your fourth, your fifth? What is he on a legit championship team? And I don't know the answer to that. It's just questions you throw up, but questions you got to answer. It's, it's interesting because ESPN Today, and you sent me this article and I checked it out, they kind of did a, brun- a, a breakdown of Jalen Brunson. And talking about how Jalen Brunson actually has a large sample size of playing without Luka, of being the guy on the floor. He played 1,208 minutes last season without Luka on the floor. His usage rate went from 17% with Doncic to 27% without him, all while maintaining a 
a 56.5% true shooting percentage. You toss in, he averaged 7.4 assists per 36 minutes with Luka on the bench, which was more than double his average with Luka on the floor. And there wasn't even a good comp for that level of production in the NBA last year. As a matter of fact, they're using C.J. McCollum as the guy who came closest. So that's, that's a high level if he can achieve that. Now, they also point out in this article that Brunson benefited from the shooting the Mavericks put around him. A majority of his minutes in the regular season came with four capable three-point shooters on the floor, a luxury that Brunson will not have if he signs with the spacing-challenged New York Knicks. You know, here's the other thing, man. And, I, and again, this is not shaded Jalen Brunson because I'd, ra- I'd much rather have him in Dallas. Is, um, you know, you sign that money, you get all that hype. What do Nick fans expect? And Nick fans, you know, nobody said they had to be reasonable. Are they expecting 22 points and eight assists? I mean, what are they expecting? Because I don't know if he's that type of player. Yeah, and, and they're going to have to temper expectations because I don't know that he is either. Bro, they ain't tempering nothing. No, see, and that's the thing. Is <laughs> th- this is New York. Like, you're going to the New York Knicks. You're going to Madison Square Garden. Now, he, to be fair, like we talked about the other day, his dad is now a member of the coaching staff. He is a dude that spent the majority of his early life. I, I think he was in middle school. He grew up in New Jersey. And in middle school, the family moved, and he ended up going to high school, I know, in Illinois. Obviously, he played his college ball at Villanova up north. So maybe he just feels a kinship with that region of the country. I, I, who knows? I mean, it is the Knicks. It I is mean, the Knicks. Are, I mean, it's like playing for the Cowboys or the Yankees or whatever. They're one of, I mean, they ain't done shit in forever, but they're still one of the marquee franchises. I mean, it's like the Lakers, the Montreal Canadiens. It's one of those iconic franchises, so I can't. I can't take a dump on him because he wants to play for the Knicks. Or, you know, I can't even take a dump on him if he says one of my dreams was for my dad to be to coach me as a as a pro. That would be legitimate. I mean, who am I to poop on that? Yeah, and uh, and, and and the whole thing like we talked about, it, it's it, it might be very difficult for a dude like that to not wonder what if I was the guy, what if I yeah. was the starting point guard, and this was my team. What could I be? I mean that's there's nothing wrong with that man. That's what that's what anybody who wants a date with greatness tries to do. Yeah, and, and you know you kind of wonder they had Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett who were both twenty point a game guys. I mean it's not out of the realm I think of reality for Brunson to arrive and be a twenty twenty point seven assist guy. I I think that that's actually very mm-hmm. reasonable and especially because you got to think he's going to be featured more. I mean, he right. averaged 32 minutes a game in Dallas last year and was 16 and five, 16 points, five assists a game. Right. Maybe he can even get 22 and, and seven assists a game. I mean, I think that that's reasonable to expect if you're going to up his usage rate. Yeah. I mean, I got no beef with Jalen Brunson. You just want him in Dallas. If it doesn't happen, it's been a hell of a ride. But, uh, you know, man, I think you just got to you just got to keep everything in perspective. Uh, you know, see how it turns out. Yeah, it's a sad day if he ain't here. Yeah, it bums me out, man. It really bums me out if this is reality. And 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 by all accounts, and I mean these guys know what the hell they're talking about. So I think it's probably a done deal. And that, yeah. it's sad. But at the reality, again, you drafted this dude in the second round, and he gave you a really kick-ass four years, and really man. developed into a piece that that's going to be a lot of people probably wanted him and. It just sucks because I think he was a piece that you really wanted. I would rather have him than Tim Hardaway Jr. Yeah. I, I, w- I would say I think he's a more usable, more uh, versatile player than Tim Hardaway Jr., who's basically my jump shot's either working or it's not. And, again, all of this leads into how do you make this team better now? You know, getting to the Western Conference Finals this year is awesome, but it, – this doesn't make your team better, and at the end of the day, we're all horrified that if this doesn't get to where it needs to be, that Luke is going to leave us. Yeah, and so uh, they'll be working hard. I read something today they were interested in Gary Payton Jr., but that's a different type of player uh, than Brunson. So I don't know. It's, uh, it's a little discouraging, but uh, you got to give this front office and this head coach an opportunity to see how they how they compensate for it and how they make it up. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, it's a bummer, man. It is a freaking bummer. It just really is. And and you always wonder with the Mavs, are any of these big-time free agents, can you actually, because we hear a lot of talk about this. Everybody loves Luka, but is, are they going to come to Dallas to play with this guy, and can the Mavs figure that part out? Right. Because I was excited. I was excited about Christian Wood coming here and being a part of all of this. Right. And this, this is a bum. This is a bummer bummer. No, definitely the double bummer. I want to throw stuff and yell, but... <laughs> I'm going to calm down and I'll take my energy out and my frustration in my workout today. Yeah, do that. Be how about that? <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, man. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. We'll see what happens. But, man, God, that sucks. That just sucks. That's all I'm going to say. It just sucks. And I hate to leave all of you with the suck, but, I mean, that's what it is. That's what it is. <laughs> and there's no other way around it. You know, what do you want me to say? <laughs> Oh, well, so that's the podcast. We'll be back with you with some more thoughts on your Friday. We'll see how it turns out in the next couple of days, but enjoy it. And we will talk to all of you guys again very, very soon. Thanks for listening to the Jam Session podcast. Make sure to find us on Instagram at Jam Session Cast. Of course, you can also find us on Twitter at McMatt Radio and at JJT underscore journalist. Our podcast is sponsored by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle so you'll have time for healing and renewal. Give them a call at 972-934-8900. Greening Law, Office, Dallas, Texas. As always, thanks to Purple Elephant Music for the music you hear at the end and the beginning of each episode. He, of course, is the radio, TV, and now podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. And me, I'm just a guy, Matt McLaren. We'll catch you next time right here on the Jam Session Podcast, available everywhere you listen to podcasts.